Welcome to Place Prints, a 10-part audio series by David Rudkin that gives a voice to the stories that haunt different locations across the British Isles. The eighth in the series is titled Where There Is No More Sea and is set in Scotland on the shores of the Solloway Firth. This place print will begin after a brief introduction from the writer. The location of this place print is the Martyr's Memorial Pillar on Scotland's Solway shore near Wigtown traditional scene of a dreadful event during the killing time that followed after Charles II revoked his own declaration of religious freedom. In May 1665, for refusing to swear the loyal oath, God save the king, to them a blasphemy, two covenanter women are roped to stakes out on the estuary sands to await drowning by the incoming tide. There's has become an iconic martyrdom. But there is bitter dispute along sectarian lines that it happened at all, and there are problems in the chronology of the traditional account. We cannot securely presume a place print here. The most we can honestly offer is a quest for one, hence my device of an actress searching for the younger woman's character and experience of her appalling death. But the moral issue here is indisputable. The chaplain pleads with her to recant. The oath is only words, Margaret. Say them and live. And she, if I lie to live, what life is that? I'm here in search of you, Margaret. On this Solway shore, I'm trying to see your last journey through your eyes and truly hear those terrible words of your sentence echo in your head, my head, to die by drowning. Along your path that morning, were there bushes and trees like these and in their may blossom? Bramble and thorn, did you think? I'll no be here to see your bonny berries. To die by drowning. Gorse there. I'll no be here to see your pods, the yellow of butter, nor hear them crack in the heat of July. Nor rowan to see your fruits of fire. Margaret Wilson, maiden. Daughter of Gilbert Wilson, farmer of Glen Vernock. Or did you see nothing? Margaret. Did you see and not see? Through the eyes of one already gone from this earth? Ash. Willow. So clear to my sight, so sharp. So near you seem, and yet so far. Old earth, already you pass from me. Dum. Dum. I hear a drum. Dum. Dum. 
black note of death. Soldiers, in their helmet and red coatee. Officers Captain Strachan, Major Winram, Town Provost Coltram, Sheriff Graham, King's Justice Commissioner Sir Robert Grierson of Lag. At a time of low water, within the floodmark, to be made fast to a stake there to await the tide. Dum. Dum. A damselfly. There, look. And a butterfly. Pale yellow, almost white. Black spots on its wings. Fluttering away towards the sea. My executioner. Dum. Dum. Do you see your feet below you, bare on the ground? Tread, tread your last road. This is real. Are you thinking? This is not real. This is not real. This is real. Or no? Each step, rather, you come nearer to your Lord. Dum. Dum. What are you wearing, Margaret? Shift? Grey? Soiled, bloodied, perhaps. The older woman, too, stumbling ahead before you there. McLachlison, widow of Drumjargon in the parish of Kirkinner, likewise to die by... You've both been in dungeons since your trial, in Wigtown jail in the notorious Thieves' Hole. A girl and an old widow crowded in with the filthy, the diseased, the lunatic, the violent. The air so foul to breathe at all by turns you press your mouths to the drain hole in the stone floor. Steamed flare, you'd say. I lose you, Margaret. I begin to hear you. Now you're faded. Am I imagining too much? We know so little, for certain, nothing. Oh, the stake there, I see it now. You see it now. For me, you think. See every day a thing, like a beam post in one of my father's barns, but out on the muddy marsh flat there, it's lone, grim, tall, and black, my stake where I'm to die, stand, bound there, for the tide to come up o'er me. At the sight of it, my heart falls like a stone, thumps like a hard, sharp stone. But yet I see my gateway there to the kingdom above all kingdoms, for all my dread approach with joy. They have said unto me, Ye shall arise now, Margaret, and go into the house of the Lord. Of the Laird, would you say? No, Laird is of this earth. From this old earth, ye are all but away. The condemned shall kneel to hear their sentence. Kneel, all seven of you. What's that ye mutter there, old man? We kneel before one judge alone, the living God. Amen.
Amen. Silence. Have them kneel. Thrust them to their knees and hold them there. William Johnston, John Milroy, George Walker, to be hanged. Hallelujah! Each step up the scaffold I mounted agreed toward my Redeemer. Were each drop of my blood a life, I'd shed it all. Silence! Margaret McLachlison, widow. My soul doth magnify the Lord. Margaret Wilson, maiden. So here I am. Margaret. Margaret's both of you. Where tradition says it happens. Salt marsh and mud flats and sandbanks. Grubby, soggy, bold. Grim out there. A grey modern stake of stone. Monument to your martyrdoms. Somewhere a curlew cries. Widow McLachlison, the elder, by merciful consideration of her age, her stake to be set further out that she die the sooner. Margaret Wilson, the younger, the longer to consider and repent her obduracy, her stake to be up sure. As we approach it, I hear someone offer you a last chance of reprieve. Not a soldier, one of the justice commissioners perhaps, or town officials, or a clergyman? One of your loathed Episcopalians? A chaplain, might he be? Margaret, all you need to do is swear to... No, not English voice, that's not the conflict here. Scots, somehow compromised. Someone near your own age. Quiet. Reasonable. He wants the best for you. Much more dangerous a tempter. Margaret, he says, I beseech you, your brave martyrdom, think who else shall suffer for it, your mother and your father. Soldiers will be quartered on them, fines exacted, your cattle sold to pay them. Your father's farm will be a ruin. This will happen. He will be broken by this. Margaret, even now your father in desperate haste for you is ridden away to Edinburgh, putting down one hundred of his hard-earned pounds before the magistrates in bond to save your life. How can you let his effort be in vain? You harden your face against me, Margaret. Well, you may. For your father's sake and your mother's do not harden your face against them. Surely you have some Christian compassion in your soul for them. And then, I respect you, Margaret, the tempter says. I do. In good Protestant zeal, you signed a covenant to assemble in worship in houses and fields out with the authority of our king and his clergy. Some signed that covenant in their own blood. Perhaps you did. Or you signed it as a child, as many have. If so, be mindful, Margaret, of the example of the Apostle Paul. Put childish things away. For your mother's and your father's sake, 
for your brothers. A soldier away in Holland now, abjure your covenant. Acknowledge the authority of his majesty, the king. I do, you say. Save where he usurps the authority of the king of kings. His majesty is supreme in this country in matters ecclesiastical. No, he is not. At least pray to God to save him, Margaret. God will save whom he will save. He wants no urging from me. Four little words, Margaret. God save the king. Is that so great a matter? Great enough if you so kill me for it. Say them. I do not understand you, Margaret. No. Bind her. That moment. Imagine it is all I can do as the soldiers stand me to the stake to bind me. I, I stand here at this monument and can only imagine, best I can, the feeling. These are my last moments of free movement on this earth. You must be thinking that. Yet you're thinking too. Rejoice! They stand me on the threshold of Jerusalem. They bind you. Not fast, but quite slackly, you notice. Down shore there too, old widow McLachlison. Her too, you see, they bind quite slackly. Why is that? And we're told the old lass is singing the while, in her old, thin, defiant voice. Oh, enter then his gates with praise. Your covenant are men to be hanged, the old widow and you to be drowned in the tide, as though you were witches. Salt marsh all about us here, its channels damp and empty, threads of wet mud. For now, amid them cattle grazing, beasts innocent of all cruelty and wrong, and yonder of them, curving south, where the river must be. It's water too low to see. For now. And beyond it, the hills. I've their names on my map here. Blair's Hill, Clannery, Craigan Boy. You need no map. A farmer's daughter from your own fields, you see them every day. Larg, Nockeens, Cairn Harrow, I will lift mine eyes unto the... No, you sing. The Psalter version you sing in Kirk. There's even a hymn tune of your time named after your town. I to the hills will lift mine eyes From whence doth come my aid My safety... But I'd think as bound to this stake, I look to those hills. Is this too worldly of me, Margaret? I'd think of the life going on up on those hills. On this grand May morning, on those hills there, the living, the loving, the toil, the play, the love, the living. And here I stand, 
cut off from it all. Fixed. Powerless. A girl of 19. My living, my moving, all done. Soon even my breathing. Oh, Lord Redeemer, sustain me now. I to the hills will lift mine eyes. From whence doth come my aid? Ken Haru, Bar home. Ben John. Far there, the slopes of Ochenleri down to the river mouth. Wide, empty yonder, where the sea shall come. The sea. How can it come? When this moment, this now, hangs fixed and still as an eternity. Oh, it shall come. That sea. Even now I hear out there beyond Lord Jesus on his way to me. I hear his tread toward me midst the waters of the deep. My safety cometh from the Lord who heaven and earth have made. You're gone again. I'm putting in too much of my own. Of course you fade. Yet I look and I almost see you. You and the widow woman, out on this vast bare marsh here, singing your two hymns together, dissonant like birds beneath the dome of heaven. Almost I hear you. Approach with joy his court son too. Flashback to childhood. You as a child, first step taken on your road that brings you here. Lines between you and your father at work among his sheep or cattle or walking Hamefree Kirk, maybe. Da, da, what's a bishop? Bishop? An overseer of the Kirk and clergy appointed by the king. By King Jesus? Dear child, no. By his sacred majesty, King Charles II of England and Scotland by the grace of God. But King Jesus is King of the Kirk. Da? No child. In the earthly kingdoms of England and Scotland, in matters of the Kirk, King Charles is supreme. There must have been sudden such moment as that. Now here you are. The widow's voice falls silent suddenly. Something she has seen. Then yours falls silent. Something now you have seen. That first gull fly in. Settle. On that sandbank in the bend in the river. The river itself still too low yet to see. Another gull. An oyster catcher's fluttering along that further shore. Peep, peep, peep. Peep, peep, peep. They land, stand in a line, lift away and land again, lift and land, stand facing southward out to where the sea shall come. The tide must be turned. It's not easy for us now to understand you, Margaret, how you can yield up your life 
count your life secondary to some principle you will not compromise. The poor chaplain cannot understand you either. To him, you're a fanatic, a radical Protestant, fundamentalist, extreme. But he needs to see you only from outside. I've more to do. If I am to be you for an audience, I cannot be a fanatic to myself. If I am you, I am nowhere extreme. I am where I am, at the core of the matter. I know to you I must cut a Babylonish figure, a woman of the stage, to you no better than a harlot. Yet what I am in search of here is also a truth. To be true to you, I have to find you in me, truly. Yours is a light to the world. If I do not truly become you, I betray that light. I stand here, fixed and still as I am able, working myself into your last helplessness, alone out here. Further out from that shore, it feels here suddenly. I watch where the oyster catchers watch, away southward there, between the headlands of Ravenshall and Whithorn, into the wide, empty river mouth, like a phantom, the first grey line of the returning sea. It's cold out here. The cold surprises me. But you're no stranger to cold. Weeks on the run, you and all others who had signed the covenant, exiles from your own homes, refugees in your own hills, hunted like vermin by Claverhouse, Bonnie Dundee, some call him still, and his men and bloodhounds. If by day you saw a thread of blue peat smoke from a chimney, you dared not go to ask of the people there to give you even water for fear you'd bring harassment on them too. You lived like prophets in the Bible, in mountain caves and desolation, in lightless, hidden glens, or beneath a cave mouth of dripping rock with only a thorn bush or rowan to hide you from the hunt. Until, we're told, some of you, one Sabbath night, starved and shivering, desperate, creep to a lonely, lighted window. And there within, around a lantern and a Bible at their table, a company at worship in their own home, and with no clergy. Oh, these are of like mind with you. These cannot bring you into further danger, nor you them. You let them see you at their window. They welcome you in. They can tell who yous are. Your mouth stained from the berries on the hills. They make room for you around their table to hear the reading of the word. They share with you their simple supper. And at its end, all stand. A toast to his majesty. God save the king. And you cannot. None of you. Where the river is yonder, I begin to see it now. Low and silver. Black shadows of clouds sweep the mud flats along its edge. All around us, the marsh begins to show a sodden, corky look. 
twisting threads of channel in it begin to reflect the sky. On the sandbank at the bend in the river, the gulls are gathering. On the sandspit at the river mouth, the bellboy lifts. The sea has crossed the bar and is on its way. The bell of the boy begins its bleak tolling. And I stand tethered here, reading my Bible. What text? The Lord is my shepherd. No, something harder. I remember something from a funeral. In this world, you have tribulation, but I have overcome the world. I'll need to find the reference. You know chapter and verse. And they ask you people, can you read the Bible? The king's commissioners ask you covenanters of all people, can you read the Bible? They ask much else and will crush leg and foot bones in the boot to help you answer. Do you own to any instruction from any field preacher so-called? Have you entered into any league or covenant against the ecclesiastical authority of his sacred majesty the king and his appointed clergy? Do you adhere to the acts of parliament? Do you own the king's authority? Will you pray to God to save the king? Bark of a heron there. He knows his tide. The red shank, too. His warning, they call that cry. Little they know what it warns of here. And there, away yonder, where the river widens towards the sea, a glister of water itself. So suddenly, from where has it come? Some emerald, some sapphire, some a deep purple. And further out, it runs a cold blue-green. A cloud covers the sun. That sun will shine no more today. And as Margaret, I have no tomorrow. No me tomorrow. I end here. End. That sun will shine no more upon me, ever. Never. Yes, well, you people know what you're leaving. Your brethren, as they stand on the town scaffold, the rope around your necks. Farewell, you cry. Farewell, mother and father. Farewell, relations and friends. Farewell, meat and drink. Farewell, the world and all delights. Farewell, sun, moon and stars. Welcome, God the Father. Welcome, sweet Jesus Christ, the mediator of the new covenant. Welcome, blessed spirit of grace, the God of all consolation. Welcome, eternal life. Welcome, death farmer's children calling the cattle in from off the marsh. The tide does not come in. It rises through the wet ground at our feet. On shore there, Margaret, is a crowd gathering as the waters return. And the king's soldiers, what are they doing all this while? Playing cards or dice? not mindful of where soldiers gambled once before. I see pools in the marsh about me now. 
Our chaplain is on his way to us again, sinking ankle deep, a paper in his hand. Your tempter. Margaret, one more time. The oath. Swear it and live. Do not put us to this terrible necessity. Only abjure the covenant you signed. Here is the oath, Margaret. Only a paper. Sign it and live. I, Margaret Wilson, do hereby renounce and disown in the presence of Almighty God the pretended declaration of war against His Sacred Majesty. I signed in ignorance. I signed in no ignorance. I must give you words here, Margaret. Words we know others of your brethren and sisters spoke. I signed in no ignorance. I undertook a solemn covenant with the Lord with my whole heart to be his child, as I shall answer at the great day. Answer to him. The oath, Margaret. Swear it and live. Only say. The words, Margaret. Only say them and live. Margaret. They are only words. I only words. Say them, then live what life? Live, Margaret. If I lie to live, you take from me my life indeed. You can take from me my body, not my life. The oath, Margaret. A paper only. Sign it and live. Sign. You're a brave woman, Margaret. What's brave about it? You choose. I do no choosing. I can do only this. Then I must stand back from you now, Margaret. Up onto that shore. Leave you to the sea. You go. And yet, some say you were never here. Our icon of you, and that older woman down shore of you there, bound and waiting for the tide to rise about you and above you. Some say that icon is a propaganda lie. True, we know nothing. We have a few last words we're told are yours, but we know for certain nothing. All I can do is seek you, Margaret. Seek you truly. A fictional Margaret, I must seek justice truly and seek to serve your meaning. If you were here, were there a crowd on that shore there? Some hostile and jeering, ribald and licentious, some self-righteous, pious people with no shadow in their soul at a just execution. Some weeping and ashamed because they are of your persuasion but dare not speak. Like Peter, they deny you. Others, braver, praying aloud, defiant, singing, calling to encourage you with words of scripture. But I doubt you'd not hear them. For the noise of this water, so never coming, so long and slow coming, 
How could it ever come? When that moment long ago, that now, seemed still as an eternity. Yet look, this water now. It is only about my feet. Yes. How can that rise? Yet look, now. It is about my knees. I imagine these feelings for you, Margaret. Universal human feelings, surely you have them. Yet you also, I know, unlike so many of us in our know-it-all age, you would set your face towards Jerusalem, reach in your soul for your Redeemer, reach for him amid this sea so soon and suddenly so all about you. Here, no crystal sapphire sea as in the Bible somewhere, I think, but brown with sand and mud and swirling scum and bubbles of foulness from the town. And all about you, each sluggish lick of it, like cold, wet, filthy flame, reaches at you, higher. And down water of us there, before our very eyes, old widow McLachlison. Oh, there is why they have bound her so slackly. On the heaving tide, the old woman is lifted like a pinioned sack. She floats and bobs and struggles, dips and struggles. I hear her choking. Look! Someone is shouting from the shore, we're told. Your sister in Christ there, what do you think of her now? And your answer, we have, as you see your fellow martyr struggle and dip and choke. I see there Jesus wrestling with his enemy. The gulls and oyster catchers are flown all the way. No sand for them now. No sand anywhere. Water all about me. I am Margaret Wilson, farmer Gilbert Wilson's daughter of Glen Hervick, tethered to this stake to drown. The hour is near. I try to fix my sight upon the hills. I try to see him there, my saviour, try to see him reach his hand to me to guide my crossing. A sudden swell comes riding in, deep in its belly a burden of ocean water, sullen and chill. It lifts the water's reach above my maidenhood. I try not to think of my body. I look to the hills, the hills, to see my saviour there. But between me and them and him, all is grey face of this filthy, devouring sea. And its vastness about me has thrust the hills away from me, far, unreal. Out here, amid the risen deep, I am alone and small. Yes, all about me is water now, only water. It climbs my body. I measure the inches, the minutes to my approaching agony. Like some Satan dancer, the water clamps about me fast in its cold embrace, buffeting and swaying me, beginning to play with me, lift me in my bonds, dashing into my mouth its mocking slap of sand and brine. Oh, if I could float, if these ropes would let me float, they anchor me. To my shame, I strain and struggle. We're told Commissioner Grierson himself comes out now with the executioner to you. In a boat, it must be. 
We have your words here. His tomb. Tender her the oaths. No. No. No sinful oaths for me. Lift up her head. The executioner holds the point of his halberd to your throat, thrusts your chin upward above the water. The oath, woman, the oath. I am a child of Christ. Let me go. Let her sing. With her. The oath. Your hair draggled about your swollen face. Choking and gasping, you meet his eye. You see nothing. Oh, Margaret, will you say it? Someone cries from that shore a world away. You see nothing. Let her sink. Up with her. The halberd at your throat again thrusts up. Up. The oath. God give you forgiveness and repentance. Oh, enough of the damn bitch in our prayers. We are owed to good for her. To hell with her. Be done with her. Thrust her down. Some say it is a sweet death. A falling asleep. It can't be. Some found drowned have bitten off their own tongues in their final struggle. Some, saved at the last from drowning, tell of a searing torment, as though the lungs are fire. If I find you, Margaret, if I truly find you, in these last moments, what the audience must see is not a faked agony, but a meaning of what happens in this moment of your dying. Here beneath this water you cannot speak, but on the space you can, and tell us what you see. As the water dips and lifts before my eyes, a last glimpse of the hills, clannery, knockings, not real to me now, in that world so passed from me. Cairn Harrow. The water blinds them from my sight. In the pounding darkness of this crushing water, pressing the breath from me, I see the hills no more. I see them in a brightening, heavenly light, brighter and ever brighter, like a piercing anguish. And upon those hills, the eternal city, glittering as jewels, Clear as glass, its gates are standing open. Yes, I reach to them, the open gates of the eternal city. I reach. Da, what's a bishop? Appointed by the king. King Jesus? My hand sinks. My arm drifts loose to my side. My body sways a little to suggest its movement in the water. From my hand, the Bible falls. Doom. 
to the wooden boards of the space, cut to black. And in the blackness, I speak. If I lie to live, what life is that? All silent here now. No sign of what the tide has done. The flats of marsh and mud and sand are bare. The shore empty. You are gone, Margaret. Where the first heaven and the first earth are passed away and there is no more sea. Or is this silence? A silence of something that never happened here? Even if so, there is many a Margaret, with many a name and martyrdom. Here is a place to ponder her meaning. David Rudkin's Where There Is No More Sea was performed by Francis Gray, directed by Jack McNamara, with sound and music by Adam McCready. It was produced by New Perspectives Theatre Company, funded by The Space and Arts Council England. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please consider supporting us with a review and subscribing to the series. To learn more about our work and watch the accompanying short films by Grant G., please visit newperspectives.co.uk